Mr. Chair, members of the commission, we're now live. Good evening and welcome to the February 7, 2024 meeting of the Montgomery County Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Bob Sutton, I'm the chair, and I would like for other members to introduce themselves starting on my left, and when they're finished, staff introduce themselves. Michael Galway. Christina Arado. Karen Burdett. Julie Pelletier. Commissioner Doman. Zara Nasser. Mark Dominiani. Rebecca Ballo, Historic Preservation Staff. Chris Berger, Historic Preservation Staff. Thank you. The first item on our agenda are historic area work permits. Have the work permits been advertised? Yes, Chair Sutton. They were advertised in the January 24th edition of the Washington Times. Thank you very much. We will start with uh, projects that we believe can be expedited. And um, if there's anyone to testify who has not turned your name in, uh, testify for or against any of these projects, um, if you could inform staff, uh, we'd appreciate that very much. So we will, we will uh, hear on this, on, hopefully on our consent agenda, um, item number 1A at 10234 Carroll Place, Kensington. 1C at 18 Hesketh Street, Chevy Chase. 1D at 23329 Frederick Road, Clarksburg. And case number 1E at 8000 Hampton Lane, Bethesda. Mr. Chair, hearing no objections, I move that we approve the following historic area work permits in accordance with the staff reports based upon the record before us in consideration of the recommendations of the local advisory panels and including the conditions recommended by staff. Hop number 1052716 at 10234 Carroll Place, Kensington. Hop number 105248 at 18 Hesketh Street, Chevy Chase. Hop number 105572 at 23329 Frederick Road, Clarksburg. And hop number 1029531, it's a revision, at 8000 Hamden Lane, Bethesda. Thank you. Is there a second? This is Commissioner Dominiani. I'll second. Thank you. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? Thank you very much. We appreciate the work that was done to uh, have these projects um, on our consent agenda. Uh, the first item we will hear tonight is item number 1B at 7107 Carroll Avenue in Tacoma Park. And is there a staff report? Yes, this is a revision to HOP number 104477 for the property at 7107 Carroll Avenue. This is a contributing resource in the Tacoma Park Historic District that was built circa 1916. This application last was presented to you in October for demolition, front porch alterations, fenestration alterations of the basement, tree removal, and alterations to the enclosed rear porch. It was approved with seven conditions. As part of this revised HOP, the applicant proposes the following work items, but this presentation will only be on the first bullet item to construct a basement entrance with an areaway. 
These are the applicable regulations, the Tacoma Park Historic District Guidelines, Chapter 24 of the County Code, and the Secretary of the Interior Standards for Rehabilitation. The site plan on the left shows the existing conditions of the property, and the plan on the right shows the proposed, both those work items that were approved in October and those proposed as part of this revision to the application. The proposed areaway location on the right side elevation is clouded in red here. Two shallow window wells have been approved under the porch near where the areaway will be located on the right side elevation. So those window wells are right here and then on the front elevation here. Um, a deep window well with a railing has already been approved on the right side elevation over here and or actually that's right here and then this one is going to be a shallow window well and that is proposed as part of this application. This is the area to be affected, clouded in red. This photo was taken from the Carroll Avenue right-of-way. And here's additional photos of the basement window to be affected. It will be removed and replaced with a single aluminum-clad door. The concrete areaway will measure four feet, eight inches wide and approximately 10 feet long. Here are the front and right side elevations with the areaway clouded. A light fixture will be installed above the new doorway. Uh, the top of the concrete areaway will protrude above ground and a metal railing will extend along the perimeter. Over here, you can see it, and over here, and this um, railing is the deep window well, which was already approved. The applicant's architect likely will go into more detail about this, but they provided this basement plan to show they were limited in where they could place the areaway. Um, there is an existing entrance to the basement over here by the driveway. So for staff findings and recommendations, staff does not support installation of the areaway in the proposed location. To the first point, the HPC previously approved the two shallow window wells under the porch on the right side elevation and a deep well with railing on the left side elevation. And as I mentioned, they propose a fourth well on the left side elevation as part of this application. The proposal to add an approximately 50 square foot areaway with railing toward the front of the house would be the largest alteration to the foundation at the front of the residence yet. The feature will be about 50 feet from the right of way so it will be easily visible from Carroll Avenue and counter to the Tacoma Park design guidelines. The major alteration will negatively affect the existing streetscape, open space and character of the residential property and the wider district. Further, the areaway also does not meet Chapter 24A of the County Code and Standards Number 2 and 9 of the Secretary of the Interior Rehabilitation Standards, as adding the concrete stairs and walls and metal railing in the location are not compatible with the character of the historic district and will affect the historic integrity of the property and environment. With all that said, staff supports the new ADU and is not opposed to installing an areaway elsewhere on the property. These are staff's order of preference for basement access. The first is that the existing basement entrance is utilized. The second is that the areaway is on the rear elevation. And lastly, that it's on a side elevation farther back.
So there is precedent for recent approval of an areaway in the Tacoma Park Historic District. The HDC approved one at 7200 Maple Avenue in 2022 as part of HOP 982698. So to orient you, this is Maple Avenue down here. It's a corner lot. Tulip Avenue is here. The areaway was built on a new rear addition set back about 90 feet from the right-of-way. So it will be minimally visible from the right-of-way. So we'd like to maintain that standard set by the example in this application approved by the HPC. So any questions for staff? Questions for staff? This is Commissioner Burdett. <clears throat> I did not see on their plans any pathway or paving leading up to the areaway. So the question is, is that supposed to be the main entry or a egress required code, a code required egress areaway? I, I'll let the applicant answer that, but my understanding is that it is going to be both the main and egress entrance. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, if not, I would invite the um, owner or owner's rep to come forward. And if you could state your name for uh, the record, if you could turn on the microphone there and state your name, um, you will have seven minutes to do the presentation. Okay. Or answer questions, whatever you prefer. Okay. I'm Rick Vitulo, I'm the architect for this project. <clears throat> Um, uh, there's a number of things I wanted to, to bring up. Um, number one, um, the example of the uh, project at 7200 Maple Avenue, that, that areaway um, that's on the corner of Tulip and Maple, that project actually had a second hop because the owners said they couldn't afford to do the, the large um, addition on the back. So we did a second uh, hop for a different design, and that area, everyway was actually on Tulip Avenue, so it was visible. It was on the Tulip Avenue side, not on the opposite side. So it was actually an areaway that was very visible from um, the right of way, the side street right of way. Um, okay, so uh, there's a number of things to bring up about the areaway. Um, number one. Um, the, and there was a mention made in the staff report about the number of changes to the basement in this project to create an uh, accessory dwelling unit. Um, there is a, a change to one, two, three, there's different, there's four different windows and window wells being installed. And that is to create um, um, code compliant light and ventilation into the living uh, unit. Um, uh, so they weren't just arbitrary, they were to provide code, code mandated, uh, uh, glazing. And, um, the side entry off of the driveway that goes to a split stair going half, half a level down and half a level up, um, that actually is not a code compliant, uh, egress. So to not have, um, or entry. So to not have an areaway, um, we can't really use that uh, side entry as a main entrance. Um, it has a number of problems with it. Uh, I mean, there's a chance we could get a code modification 
for this type of uh, entry, but that stair has so many uh, problems with it that I would be hesitant to count on um, that uh, being approved as a code modification. The width of the stairway is, is um, insufficient. The headroom is insufficient. The rise run of the stairs is insufficient. Um, uh, and um, right now this, the, the doorway, the entry doorway actually swings over a stair, which is not, which is not a, approvable by, by code either. So um, that side entrance is really problematic for providing the only entrance into this ADU. Um, so, and the other locations for an areaway are, are also very problematic. Um, so that's what I, um, I just wanted to give that rundown of, of what's, uh, what the problems with that side entry and the other, other issues. Are there any questions for Mr. Batulo? Yes, I do. Commissioner Burdett. Um, the areaway, did you look at flipping it so that it, the steps go towards the back and you'd essentially be pulling it, the, the railing then further away? Not by much, but like about six feet further back? <clears throat> um, that would be possible. I mean, the door would have to stay in the same spot because that mm -hmm. goes into the living space. Um, if that's acceptable, that would certainly solve the problem. I guess my, my other question would be, um, between the furnace and the fireplace, there's a triangular area. Is it, I, I understand a lot of that is fireplace masonry, but is, the, is it actually triangular masonry? Yeah, it's, it's solid masonry. Okay. I mean, it's an enormous masonry structure. There's two, there's two adjoining fireplaces downstairs and upstairs. And just that I, I appreciate the existing conditions of the basement and locations of everything, but is there no way to put the areaway in the back of the house and cut through the storage area, a, a hallway to this ADU? Um. Because, I mean, I guess one of my questions, another question is, where is the tenant supposed to park? Are they parking on the driveway, or are they parking? There's, they don't park on Carroll, really. If you can, if there's a, uh, uh, the site plan shows there's a shared driveway mm -hmm. on the north side of the house um, that goes to a very large parking area in the back. So for so this. So they would park there. Okay, there's so. There's no street parking on Carroll. Yeah, no, yeah. So. By code, the person would be walking from this parking area on the north side of the house all the way around the house in front or back to get to this entrance by code, even if they probably would use the other door just out of convenience, even though it's not code compliant. Um, I'm sorry, what's your question? Well, I guess I'm saying they're walking the whole way around the house to get to this Entry and the, yeah. and then, if it, even if it makes sense to walk around the back of the house, they're still walking around to to the front to get to this area way that's facing west. The yeah. steps. Um, 
there's a uh, there's a separation in the backyard. Um, uh, the entire back area is fenced in for the use of the owners, so they wouldn't want the tenants to cut through their backyard because it's entirely enclosed with a, a fence. So they would have to walk around. Um, I mean, in my mind, it's really the same thing as someone if someone parking on the street and they're they're down the street and they have to walk to their unit. I mean, it's really it's all on private property, so I think it's I think it's an okay um, directive that they do that. Yeah. Any other qu questions, yeah. Commissioner Pelletier? Uh, thank you. Um, did, I'm just curious why you're not using, why you're not taking the money that you were spending on this area away and putting it towards making the existing stair more compliant. Um, it's it'd be very problematic to make it compliant. I mean, there's, um, but the main reason is that the owners didn't want to share a pathway with the tenant. Is that their way of getting into the house, that side that door? Is, that is a way of getting into the house, but it's also the pathway from the first floor down to the basement laundry room. So they would be constantly in a shared space to go from the, the main house into the laundry room, and storage, and furnace room. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they didn't feel like that was an acceptable uh, alternative. Okay, thanks. I mean, it was if it was if it has to be, it has to be, and they would just. No, I get that. I I just I, is I'm just curious if that if they're parking over there, is that door kind of the main door, for the for the the owners of the house who live upstairs? Are they do they go around to the front or do they? Oh, they go around to the back? Well, actually, we're creating a rear entry, um, so they would park in the rear. Um, we're also renovating a garage. They may use the right. garage and go they in would, the back door. They would park in the rear, coat through their private their private fence into the mud room and kitchen, and that's that would be their, as they put it, that would be ninety nine percent of the time for them. Um, oh, okay. And people who were visiting would come in, would probably park in the front driveway and or park on the street somewhere else, and come in the front door. So the front door really wouldn't be the owner's entrance. But it has to be. I mean, they they want to create a front porch, so right, that, right. that'll be an an entry, but it wouldn't be the main entry for that. So I just, I guess I'm not. I understand what you're saying about that side entry, but if it's not the main way that they get in the house, it seems like something could be altered there for them. For the money, that's an expensive area way. For that kind of money, you could use it inside to the existing entry and try and sort of work something out. Where yeah, they didn't have to pass each other on the street, but um, it's it just seems like such a lost opportunity not to use that door to create a new door. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'm getting into comments. It was only questions. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think the main the main issue really is that the owners did not want to have an to create a a a locking system for that outside door where they would be sharing it with the tenant and then also sharing the 
the stairway with their usage of the laundry room and store it's it's complicated. Any other questions? Okay. If not, uh, you're welcome to stay there or take your seat. I'll take a seat. And we will uh, start our deliberations. Would anyone like to start the discussion? Okay. Commissioner Burdett. Um, I must say, I, I, while I do understand the owner's preference to not mix with their tenants, um, it just, you know, we, you're putting in a window well, a deep window well, and, and it's an egress window well on that north side of the house, right next to where an areaway would be very advantageous to get into that apartment. Um, and not knowing what the first floor plan looks like, obviously, I'm just looking at the basement floor plan. It just, to me, I'm not sure I understand why more effort isn't being made on to get the area the, the entrance area well on the north side of the house instead of the other way around instead of where it is on the south side and then also be simply because it's so inconvenient for the tenant i'm just thinking about snowy days rainy days you know all those days when it's just not pleasant to walk across a muddy yard and I'm not seeing again paving or anything like that to that we will have to approve paving around on the front of the house going down to the sidewalk or in front of the porch um, and I, I guess also the plan is a pretty basic plan as if it it's almost as if could you have flipped it the the plan just 180 degrees so that the l dining room is on again on the north side all so that is just like was that explored it should have been explored with the restrictions on this property with all that said i think flipping the area where area where you have shown should at least be shown flipped so that the entry the first step down is to the east by the fireplace, by the chimney facing backwards. And that is going to be wildly inconvenient for the tenant again, but it does pull, um, it does pull that area away a little bit further back. But we are only talking about a rail at this point, correct? That is going to be visible from the street. So it's only the handrail around the areaway which actually might be better if you're just seeing the one rail as opposed to the brake and the rail pulling around it. So that's, those are my comments. Okay. <laughs> I'm right. kind of rambling. Someone please take this further. Yeah. Here. Oh, Commissioner Doman. This is Commissioner Doman. Um, I actually don't have any problem with this. Um, I think the only thing is the visibility of the handrail, if I understand this correctly. I did not drive by the property. I did not see the property, and I don't know how visible this would be. seems to me it's far enough back off the road, and 
and we're not talking about a highly visible modification to this historic district. I just think that this is pretty unintrusive and pretty minimal, so I, I would support it as, as presented. Thanks. Commissioner Pelletier. I, I, Commissioner Burdett's idea of flipping the plan and, and using that area way that you already have, the egress area way, kind of making it bigger. I just keep wondering why, why you couldn't put two doors in there. Like if you, if you got rid of that bottom stair that, that went down to the basement and made, that, made the area way on the north side bigger so you could get in there, maybe you have the windows and you, I don't know, I, I'm designing this in my head. But if there's, because you already have, that one's already approved. So if you could make it a little bigger and a little longer and get rid of the one on the other side, I think that, I think it could work. I mean, obviously, you'd have to figure that out. <laughs> but but uh, I, the, I think there's just getting to be so many little things coming off of this house, like all the window wells and and I know they're low and, and they won't have railings, but it's just, it's getting to be kind of a lot of alterations on, on the facade. So I would just encourage you to maybe explore that other option for entry from the north side. Um, that's all I have to say. Anyone else? Um, I, I would like to have the picture of the house brought up again, if you could. Uh, gosh. I, I think personally, I sort of, I sort of, uh, sympathize with the owner for what they want to do. Um, would I like to see it different? Yes. But I think the, the reasoning and the actual impact, I don't, I don't think the impact is, is substantial. Um, I think the reasoning is, is reasonable. Uh, so I think I, I could support the project as presented. Anyone else? <laughs> don't all speak at once, please. <laughs> I'll speak. Yeah. Commissioner Radu. Um, looking at this photograph, um, if, if the railing, yeah, I'm looking at the main rail into the, what the main stair, and it's not super visible. So if the rail at the new area way would be minimal, I mean, the, the simplest rail possible, I think I can support this, too. I can go, <laughs> Commissioner Nasser. Um, uh, I mean, although I'm not convinced that there is no way to make the others there work, I kind of agree with others that the area way, if it's just, if you just see the railing, it's not that uh, intrusive. But I definitely agree with Commissioner Burdett flipping it helps a little bit about like, I don't know, like 10 feet or so. So that's my comment. 
Anyone else? Final comment. This is Commissioner Burdett. Um, we always try to stick to the regulations, and every case is taken on its own merits. It does not set precedence. So in that regard, despite all my talking earlier, I can support it as it is if the railing is kept to a minimum. Keep in mind the lighting also has to be thoughtfully considered um, and you do need to come and show the paving that's going to be required to get around to that area well also. Um, so is there a condition on this hop already for that? So we would need to add that condition? Yes. Yes, yes, Commissioner Berta, you would. Great. I had to bring that one up. Um, <laughs> uh, if there, uh, are there any more? I'm done with my comments finally, so please. <laughs> Anybody else? No. And if not, I would welcome a motion. Okay. Uh, this is Commissioner Burdett. I would like to make a motion that we approve this hop with the ex with the area way as it is currently designed, with the two conditions that the rail be of minimal appearance and that the it be passed be presented to the staff for approval. The lighting also be approved by the staff in advance, and that the paving that will be required to get to this area well be submitted prior to, or as a hop, as a, as a separate hop. Okay. This is Chair Sutton. I would second that motion. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you very much. It passes with the conditions. Thank you. Um, next item on our agenda is item number 2A at 7124 Carroll Avenue. And is there a staff report? I believe there's a staff report that will be coming to us remotely, is that correct? Actually, Mr. Chair, um, we are going to present the PowerPoint from, from our computer, from the dais, but Dan Brukert will be joining us remotely to talk through the presentation. Okay, thank you. Um, good evening, Dan Brukert, Historic Preservation Staff. For the record, this is the preliminary consultation for 7124 Carroll Avenue and Tacoma Park. We can go to the next slide. This is an outstanding resource constructed circa 1925. It's started here. It's sort of near the intersection of um, Park and Carroll Avenue. And this hop is reviewed under the Tacoma Park Historic District Design Guidelines, Chapter 24A, the Secretary of the Interior's Standards for Rehabilitation, and the HPC's Solar Policy. Next. So the proposal is to remove the existing three-tab um, asphalt shingle roof, 
and install timberline architectural shingles, including three sections of um, 48 timberline solar shingles shown in the three locations here. Uh, next slide. So, um, as you can see, there are actually several outstanding resources surrounding this. There's one immediately to the north, one to the southeast, um, one immediately behind, and then there's another one uh, two doors down to the south. Um, and you'll see that both 7120 and 7118, which are the properties just below the subject property, um, both have solar panels on the roof. In both cases, the HPC found that the solar panels would not significantly detract from the historic character of the houses or the surrounding district. Um, for uh, 7120, the HPC found that the narrow setback and two-story height mitigated the visual impact of the panels. Um, this was approved in 2014, long before the solar panel policy was adopted. And then the HPC also uh, identified the rectilinear configuration of the panels at 7118 as a preferred arrangement, which created a more uniform appearance. And that hop was approved in 2021. Next slide. And then um, there's a large magnolia or a growing magnolia in front of the house. So it's only visible from oblique views. So this is sort of from um, the southwest, and then um, this is from the sidewalk. And then the next image is shown from the driveway of the neighboring property. And we can move on to the next slide. So the applicant, uh, since the time of the staff report's posting, the applicant provided this uh, roof heat map showing that the proposed locations are those with the highest solar collection. Um, I believe, and, and the applicant has not cleared this up yet, that the um, the dormer further as far to the, um, the further to the rear of the house is um, the slope is too narrow to accommodate the solar shingles, which is why they're not proposed for there as well, where they would be um, for all intents and purposes invisible from the right of way. And we can move to the next slide. So I understand that a sample shingle was passed around during the work session, but um, unlike most other solar applications, the solar shingles are actually nailed to the roof sheathing just like any other shingle would. And then they're wired to one another above the roof surface, um, allowing you to make as large or small of a, an array as, as possible. Um, and then they're covered with a, a wire cover piece, which you see in the lower right, um, meaning that the only time, the only penetration into the roof is at the um, the highest point of the the solar array. And then multiple sections can be tied to one another through there. It makes for a relatively quick installation uh, compared to either traditional solar panels or something like the, the Tesla panels that we've seen, which require um, almost a whole week for, for a roof because those are all wired um, underneath the roof sheathing. We'll move to the next slide. So the, the one instance that we know of locally is in the, the Woodside Locational Atlas District. This is 1717 Noise Lane. Um, it's a relatively, you know, simple house. This is 
this configuration is is three shingles wide, so you see the sort of three perpendicular ribs that run up the roof um, from the shingles. And um, this was the the only instance that we got to see in the flesh uh, of the existing or of the proposed material. And we can go to the next slide. So staff finds that removing the existing three tab shingle and replacing it with an architectural shingle roof is a compatible change that could be approved at the staff level. Uh, staff finds that the preferred locations are not appropriate for solar installation. The lot is too small for a freestanding array. Accessory structure is too small and not engineered to accommodate the added weight of any solar. Uh, the rear addition is too small to accommodate the shingles and faces north. And the house orientation requires the panels on the left side to effectively collect sunlight. Go to the next slide. So th the reason that we're having this as a preliminary consultation is the proposed material has not been previously evaluated by the HPC. And staff has expressed some reservations about the design of the proposed solar shingle system. Uh, the wire cover creates the appearance of ribs that project above the roof surface. Um, in, in this instance, only one wire cover would be required for each of the three proposed locations. And we can go to the last slide. So again, th this is just to reiterate from the staff report. Um, the first question tonight is, does the HPC concur with staff's finding that the proposed locations are appropriate under the solar policy, or should some other consideration factor into the analysis for a hop? Um, and does the HPC concur with staff's finding that the material is potentially inappropriate under the solar policy, under the standards, and under Chapter 24A? And with that, I will answer any questions that you have for me at this time. Any questions? Commissioner Doman. Commissioner Doman, did the applicant um, provide um, information as to what percent of the building load would be provided by the solar? I mean, this may be something you don't know, but I was wondering if their information is available, or maybe I didn't see it in the report. It's it's below a hundred percent for this property. Well, I mean, so so one of the, the interesting things about um, the solar shingles aren't as efficient as a traditional solar panel, in part because they are nailed to the roof sheathing. Um, air isn't able to circulate underneath them and cool them, and solar panels are less efficient under higher temperatures. So um, this this system really benefits from the ease of, of installation, um, but it is slightly less efficient than a, a traditional solar panel roof. Um, this also offers the flexibility to make the system as larger or smaller based on the size of the roof and the, the needs of the uh, consumer. Um, in in the one drawing that, or not drawing, the photograph that actually showed three panels on a roof um, in your presentation, would this be similar or, or do they go all the way to the end of the roof? I mean, this one looks like it's, in, like it's just stuck on top. You had the picture there. Yeah, this one here. Um, would is it possible? I don't know. I don't know if I've never seen this before. But do they can they go all the way so it doesn't look like it's just sitting on top of the roof? Would it look like it was actually the roof? I mean, if if it could be extended longer. So there is a limit both on the amount of overhang that can it can have and the amount of spacing at the ridge. So um, by code, it can't go 
all the way to the eave and all the way to the ridge. Depending on the size of the roof, um, the needs of the, the homeowner, um, any other penetrations in the roof for things like bathroom vents, it could conceivably cover most of the roof. Um, but this is not intended to completely replace all of the asphalt shingles on a roof. Um, so, I mean, what you see is is the the flexibility in the in the product, allowing for a variety of widths. Uh, under the current proposal, the three arrays are only going to be one shingle wide. So we wouldn't have the three ribs running um, perpendicular to the roof slope. We would have one on the left side of each of the arrays. And uh, is is this house that we see at seventy one twenty four? Is that actually in it? in an historic district or is this just an example of one so it's in the it's in the woodside locational atlas district so it's not a master plan district so the the proposed changes have to be evaluated by our office um but the threshold is very low it's um the the uh the words and code are it has to be a substantial alteration which um our office has taken to mean it's a significant impact to the overall massing size scale um, without looking at um, material specifications. Uh, window replacements get approved all the time um, in, in Woodside. And again, um, if there is something that we determine to be a substantial alteration within a locational atlas district, then that has to come in for a hop. Um, but because this was part of a larger roof replacement and did not impact um, the house massing at all, it was uh, deemed to be not a substantial, not a substantial alteration. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah. Commissioner Pelletier. Thank you. Uh, what are the dimensions? Maybe they're maybe they're on here somewhere, but of those three patches of shingles on the roof, there you said they're one shingle wide, right? And then. Like, how many shingles deep? Like, are they, I, I'm looking at the shingle. We have the shingle on the table. So, right. uh, so is it like, what's the shingle? Four feet? Five? Let me, I, give me one second and I can get you the, okay. um, that dimension. So one shingle is 65 inches wide and the reveal of each shingle is uh, seven and nine sixteenths inch. Okay, so, so, okay, so each of these things that they're showing on the roof, they're different sizes, like two of them are bigger, one of them is smaller, and they seem to all be the same width. So they're... 65 by like what 48 i'm just trying to get i feel like the the information provided is so schematic it's hard to picture how it's going to look on the roof but are those the actual sizes that we're showing in my understanding is is that is we we can ask for i mean again this is a preliminary consultation not not the final hop so we can ask for that information to be provided you know can you it's it's you know 
one by how many okay. uh, shingles in each of these locations, but but we don't have that detail um, provided with the application materials. I see. Okay. All right. Thanks. Any other questions for staff? Okay. If not, um, now I'm a little confused about if if the if there's who will be speaking. Will anyone be speaking on this? No, Chair so, Sutton. There is nobody to speak for the applicant tonight. Okay. Is that is that correct? No one's here. Okay. Uh, or there's no one, no representative from the company either. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Now we decided we decided uh, in the preliminary to go ahead with this, um, understanding that there would not be a uh, property owner or a representative here. But we felt it was important to uh, give our assessment of what we thought about this particular way of dealing with solar panels. Um, we know that probably as things move along that we're going to have different types of uh, solar panels. This is one that we have not, to my knowledge, um, dealt with before. And so I think it uh, would be to our advantage to give uh, our opinions of what we think about this particular way of dealing with solar panels. So, would anyone like to kick off the discussion as to what your opinion is with this particular panel? And um, we, we, of course, as you know, we will give our opinion to the owner and uh, they will do whatever they want from that. So, anyone like to kick that off? Mr. Doman. Um, as you mentioned, we're, we will always be looking at new, new products that come up, and uh, each one has to be evaluated on their merits on this thing. I think the, the roof application is, is mandatory. For, in this case, it looks like the, all the, lo the heat loading and the solar heat gain is on the particular side where the panels are located. I guess what I would be cons a little bit concerned about is um, the optics of it. Um, I mean, I mean, these things are are, are sort of a, bl a dark gray or or black, and I think it would look. Again, I, this is my opinion, and I think if you had a a, a roof that was really a different color, I think it would be quite uh, obtrusive. I wouldn't like it. But if if you can blend the roof in to be the same color as the collectors. I think that would be, a, be an approach. So that's only my, it's only a comment. We're just um, looking for um, comments on how we could approach this new collector. Thanks. Anyone else? Yeah, Commissioner Pelletier. Thank you. I think these are supposed to be shingles and they look more like panels when you put them the way that they're shown in the plan I mean, I guess they're using them because they're less expensive to install, et cetera, et cetera. But for the, for the, the I thought the, well, I'm just thinking the point of having solar shingles is so they kind of look like shingles. But I'm not getting that from this, the, from the presentation. I mean, maybe, I feel like maybe we need some more information and maybe they could draw on the photos of the house you know, in perspective, where these are going to be and what they're going to look like. But I think this particular product, they have 
they just have that one, it looks like a batten kind of growing up one side of the, of the, the assembly. And I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's very patchy. It's not super well thought out as far as how these are going to look on the roof in three dimensions. So I would like to see more information about that. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, Mark, sorry, Mark, uh, Commissioner Dominiani. Hi, this is Commissioner Dominiani. To pile on as well, I think that the rib that, uh, that, that carries the wires there, adding the long batten piece, uh, piling on to what Commissioner Pelletier says, uh, unfortunately I don't find to be compatible, and I think it would draw a lot of attention to that color difference uh, where, where the solar panels are going to be located. Um, I think it might not be inappropriate. I, I understand that it's a, you know, a powerful tool, uh, generating electricity, et cetera, but it might not be an appropriate application where it will be visible from the street because I do think that that rib does draw even more attention, um, being perpendicular. A few of the photos shown in the presentation uh, show the rib reflecting light separately from a different angle, for example, compared to the panels, and makes it, I think, very visible uh, uh, to people walking by or from, from rights of way. So, In my opinion, this is an interesting product, perhaps not best applied right here. Anyone else? Commissioner Burdett. Um, <coughs> the HPC sometime last year or the year before, went around to Coma Park looking at the existing solar installations. And we did that to get a feel for the installations that were in place and how they worked. So we would have a better understanding of um, the technologies and how it ends up looking on the houses in Tacoma Park, which have a lot of dormers and a lot of gables and very interesting roof forms. And it was a very informative um, exercise on our part. And one of the issues that we, uh, or one of the guidances, or I, I guess opinions we had after that was that it's always better for these installations to be kind of coherent on the roof. They make sense. They don't just do a patchwork of panels here, there, and everywhere just trying to get the best power because the, the solar companies are technical. They're all about getting the most energy produced, whereas the rest of us are visual. And if it looks like a clutter on the roof, it's a clutter on the roof, no matter how good a do, you know, good deed it's doing. And that's what, how we encourage the more traditional installations is try to get these things so that they look coherent. And even though this is a very low profile product and it, and it does have merit to it, my initial take looking at the photographs provided is big gray tarp with two by sixes nailing it into place. Now that's a really crude way to put this, but that's from the photographs is what it looks like. I'm sure it doesn't look like that in real life. It looks better, but it just lacks a visual coherence to it as if even the one photograph of the larger house, obviously nothing in one of our districts, um, where it's one, two, three, four, five, six in a row, even if they put a false batten at the end and along the tops, mm -hmm. it would make more visual sense. So it concerns me that this little house is, it just looks like they put, it looks like it's gonna 
be like tarps put down yeah, on a failing roof. roof. Yeah. yeah, and that would be my concern. So A, I would like to see from the applicant some more photographs of comparable installations um, and more information about, you know, is this really it or do they have some options that make it look a little better? Um, because I think the technology, if this is it, if it's really just these 65 inch by seven inch shingles that stack, um, it's gonna be great on on subdivisions, modern contemporary subdivisions, it's maybe not gonna work as well in Tacoma Park roofs. So that's my take. Uh, question. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's fine. I think we're uh, t sort of trying to trying to. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Ask a question. If you'd okay. Like. I'm sorry. That's my last question. Um, there's <laughs> <laughs> famous last words. Um, there's there's some product information in your for these for the so I'm confused now. There there are different colors of these shingles. So I was, your your confusion is is at least validates my own confusion, Commissioner Pelletier, <laughs> because I I too was a little confused at first. No, um, the the color that we're they're referring to, uh, they identified weathered wood, is the color of the architectural shingles that are going on there. The solar shingles are all uniformly dark, dark. gray slash black, the, the color that you've seen before. Okay, um, so the, did they mark the weathered wood? I guess I missed that because I was thinking if if these shingles that are on here, if they went with the charcoal, which is the darkest one that kind of sort of matches the shingles, that was one of the things that we discussed on our walk is, or that we noticed is that the, the houses that have a dark roof that kind of matches the color of the solar panels look a lot better than if the, if the roof shingles are you know, brown and the solar panels are black. So I was curious if they're re-roofing the house like and they use a darker color. I was just curious if 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 what's if this brochure that's in here is is what they're going to are they re-roofing? Are they just Yeah, so, they, so are. they are they are removing the entire three tab shingle roof and then um and then the time to the install the, the solar shingles is is during that roof replacement. Um real quickly, if if I could share out my screen um the applicant did provide, um, this is after the staff report went out, the applicant provided um, um, a rendering. I don't know if you're seeing, yeah, you're seeing that. So this is the location and size. I mean, it's not from grade, obviously, um, but it, it does provide some perspective about where the, the shingles are proposed, the solar shingles are proposed and sort of how large they're going to be. Um, the the one in the rear is totally obscured by that side dormer or uh, side gable roof, so so it won't be visible at all from the right of way. It really is these two in the front that are um, yeah going to to be much more visible. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Commissioner Galway. 
Commissioner Galway. Uh, I'm not going to repeat everybody else's comments, but I will say that, you know, I heard things like it's not compatible, the optics are a little bit off, uh, there's a patchwork of panels, and I, I tend to agree with, with all of that. I do compliment the owner for trying to save energy and, and, and or at least use renewables. I think that's a, a, a very, uh, very positive thing. But when I look at it, and being the engineer, and I look at the math, um, they, they, it was provided here that the area of the PV modules is 151 square feet. And based on what the manufacturer says they can get out of the panel, it ends up being uh, 2,150 watts, or approximately 1.35 hair dryers. And, <laughs> and so I question whether or not this patchwork of really quite, in my opinion, unattractive panels are, are worth all the trouble. <laughs> so, so I think that, you know, I, although I applaud it, if it was in a location where we will, really wouldn't be able to see the panel, that's one thing. But to see this on the front of the house for the very small value that it brings, I'm just not on board. Thank you. Okay. Um, any, if no one else has come, I have a couple of comments. Uh, first of all, um, there are companies, and I won't mention them, that actually provide shingle-type covering that covers the entire roof. And I think that's, we've seen those, those are very, I mean, I think that's very desirable. The other ones we've looked at and approved are uh, panels that are attached to the roof. And my main concern about this is that this actually becomes a permanent part of the roof, and I think it's it's not attractive. Uh, I think one of the th one of the reasons why we have been uh, have been approving solar panels in the past is we look at them as sort of as uh, kind of temporary. In other words, they can be they can be removed at a, at some period of time. In this case, it's it's there. It can't be removed. I think it has it. It really is not appropriate. I think for this uh, for a roof replacement part. Uh, I personally would like to. I think if if this came before us as it is currently presented, I would not want to approve it. So I think I could just say that I would be very much against approving this current project as it is presented to us. Not to say it, it cannot be um, you know, changed in, in different ways so that it would be more appropriate. So for example, if it, if it could be designed so that you really couldn't tell the difference between the shingles and this panel, I probably would think it was fine. But I think the way it's currently presented, I, I would have a hard time approving it. Anyone else? Okay. Thank you. And I'm sure this will be presented to the owner, correct? Yes, so, so Dan will write up the prelim report and transmit that back to the owner, and we will see you know, how, how they will proceed with, okay. with the roof. Um, and if, <laughs> if I, I don't like to see more than, more than one um, preliminary, but should they choose to come uh, for another preliminary, I really, really would like to have uh, someone from the company explain it, because um, I'm 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 feeling your frustration, uh, Dan, with uh, some of the technology of this as we are. Uh, so if it comes before us, I would say that I would not hear another preliminary um, unless an owner 
a representative from the company came. Okay, thank we'll you. We'll transmit that too. Thank you. Um, thank the you. next item on our agenda is item number 2B, which is at 19820 White Ground Road in Boyd's. Is there a staff presentation on this? This is a preliminary consultation for the property at 19820 White Ground Road in Boyd's. The property is in the Boyd's Historic District. It measures a little more than two acres, and there are four structures on the property, all built within the past 20 years or so. It's reviewed under the Boyd's Master Plan, the County Code, the Secretary of the Interior Standards, and a 2002 Board of Appeals ruling also provides direction. Here's an aerial of the historic district. Our subject property is starred here in the middle. To orient you, this is Clopper Lake, and here are the railroad tracks, and this is White Ground Road. Here's another aerial that shows the subject property outlined in blue. As you can see, it's L-shaped. Three of the outbuildings, or three of the Additional structures are located at the far end of the property over here. And there's one small storage shed in the woods over here on that property line. Here's a look at those three structures, agricultural structures in the far corner of the property. Here's one, there's one behind it, and then this one over here. So in 2002, a previous owner submitted a hop to build a residence and barn on the property. The, the diagram shows what was approved. The HPC approved the work with these four conditions. The barn, which they also wanted to build at the time, it, it, it was proposed to be two stories and HPC said it had to be one story. On the second one, the chimney on the right elevation had to be removed from the application. Uh, the side wing extension had to be reduced in width to no more than 18 feet. This was going to be a garage. And the um, dormer proportion, proportions were to be reviewed at the staff level. The applicant appealed the HPC's decision. The Board of Appeals allowed the second story on the barn, but affirmed the HPC's decision to deny the second chimney and limit the side wing to 18 feet and require staff to review the dormer on the wing. So later in 2002, the applicant came back to the HPC with the redesigned side wing. The HPC approved the plans with those two conditions listed there, again requiring that the second chimney not be built on the right elevation. And of course, this house was never built. Here's the site plan for that 2002 approved house with the property lines in blue and the proposed house footprint in red. It was set back or proposed to be set back about 150 feet from White Ground Road. And then comparing it to the current proposal, the applicant proposes to set back the house about 100 feet from the road and it would be located, these topographic lines show that it'll be uh, on the highest point of the property. The subject property is adjacent to two residences listed as primary resources within the Boyd's Historic District. The resident at, residence at 19810 White Ground Road is set back 90 feet from the road, and that's over here. And 19900 White Ground Road is set back about 35 feet from the road. The applicant 
proposes a two and a half story residence measuring approximately 4,000 square feet, which would make it the largest house in the Boyd's historic district by about 1,000 square feet. As you can see, it will have a centered gable and a covered front porch. It will measure 34 feet to nine inches tall from the ground to the roof peak at its highest point. A two bay wing will be located on the right side. The 22 foot wide wing will also be two and a half stories tall, slightly set back. Here are the floor plans. As you can see, the ground floor, which is over here, will have an in-law suite and the top floor will have four bedrooms. The applicants provided a photo of 19930 White Ground Road to show there is precedent for the design in the historic district. Um, this house was approved by the HPC in 1995. However, it's not the best example. Uh, first, the HPC approved this house retroactively after work was halted when it was an estimated 80 to 90% complete. It didn't have a hop um, until it was caught. It's set back about 430 feet from White Ground Road and behind two other residences, so it's, it's minimally visible. Um, and staff does not believe the massing on the wing should be used as a model for what's proposed on the subject property at 19820 White Ground. A better example of infill residential construction in the district is this property at 15020 Clopper Road. And this is a Google Street View photo from last year. Uh, the HPC approved it in 2010. It's a two and a half story tall building measuring about 1,800 square feet with a detached garage. So to summarize staff's opinion, the proposed building size, scale, and massing are too large compared to the other homes in the district. The proposed wing is too wide than what was initially approved back in 2002 and affirmed by the Board of appeals the 18-foot uh, width limit for the wing. The house should be set back farther to match the setback proposed in 2002. The applicant should look for design elements found in the primary resources in the Boyd's Historic District. The Vision of Boyd's Master Plan is a great resource for that. And finally, we think the redesign should come back to you for a second preliminary consultation. Any questions for staff? Any questions for staff? Commissioner Doman. Yes, Commissioner Doman. To, you, to your knowledge, was there ever a house on this property? There is, to my knowledge, there was not. I believe it was, or I know it was uh, split off from the property next door, um, which was over here. So it was subdivided approximately 20, 25 years ago. Okay, and the other house that you mentioned that was actually built without a hop being it was you said it wasn't applicable but what was the square footage of that house that is in the district that is not properly was not properly built or moved? yeah one nine nine three zero white ground road right, is approximately uh, three thousand square feet is that bigger or smaller than what we're talking about that is smaller by about a thousand square feet okay thank you any other questions for staff Commissioner Burdett. Um, going to uh, house sizes, um, if this one, if the one we're looking at tonight is 4,000 square feet, the next closest is 3,000 square feet, which was built within the last 20 years, whatever. 
what is the average size of the historic residences in Boyd's, give or take? Yeah, I uh, did a quick using state taxation information. So they only measure, they don't measure basements or porches or anything like that. I would say slightly less than 2,000 square feet would be the average for the district. Thank you. I, this is Commissioner Radu. Commissioner Radu. Um, along that questioning about the district, what are the lot sizes? Is this a much larger lot than other districts, other lot sizes? It varies quite a bit in the district. Across the street is a church which has a much larger lot, so I don't know if that's necessarily the best comparison, but other residential properties, um, there are comparable properties, including the one that I referenced um, over here at 1990, um, the 2005 construction. So that lot is comparable in size, maybe even bigger. So there are, are but there are a lot smaller lots as well. So it, it varies quite a bit. I would say overall they are smaller than this lot. Thank you. Commissioner Burdett. Um, is there, was there a reason given why the house has moved forward? Is there a, supposed to be agricultural use of the rest of the property or a horse arena or anything like that? Was any of that information provided? Not provided, so that would be an excellent question for the applicant. Thank you. Hey, if there are no more questions for staff, I would invite the owners, our owners reps to come forward. Uh, the names that I have, I have uh, Danilza Garcia, Jamie Garcia, and David Robbins. So <laughs> as many of you all or anybody else, welcome to come forward. And um, you can come and, and uh, sit with a microphone, turn the microphone on. When the light goes on, you'll be live. And if you could um, state your name for the record, that would be good. Um, you will have seven minutes to do a presentation. Um, and after that, we will probably be asking you some questions. So you have the floor. Jamie Garcia. David Robbins. I'm an architect here in the Maryland area, and we've worked on many historic properties um, throughout, some in Tacoma Park, others in Annapolis, in Relay, um, Maryland, and on Main Street in Ellicott City, um, just the ones in this area. So thank you. And I'm the architect for the project. <clears throat> so would you like to do a presentation? <clears throat> um, well, we've presented the work to you, um, and based on what the Garcias had wished to do, we did a, a survey throughout the area and tried to match many of the elements in the district and, re and use those elements in our presentation. Uh, as I read the staff report, um, the comments that you have addressed, many of them seem to appear on the size of the property uh, was not in keeping with the other properties and some of the other historic properties. I would like to mention that in historic properties that were done either 50 to 100 years prior, the square footages of those houses 
it was a much smaller square footage because people lived in smaller houses and our needs now are have changed kitchens have changed bathrooms have changed um, and another reason for the size of the property had to do with the Garcia's need to bring their elderly uh, parents. Uh, one of the parents was going to live in the property. So that required a slightly larger footprint. Um, as far as the exterior materials, we try to use many of the elements that we saw throughout the neighborhood try to use uh, comparable windows and trim and materials that was throughout the area. And um, it, I think you can see from our presentation what the intent, uh, our, the architectural intent was to be in harmony with the built environment around um, throughout that main street there. Let's see. And I think that that was our intent on the property. And now we, I'd be happy to open it up to questions from the board here. Thank you very much. Are there questions for uh, Mr. Robbins or Mr. Garcia? Commissioner Doman. Yes, Commissioner Doman. Um, I guess one of the questions that was alluded to earlier is why the house is located where it is. That in the previous application, the house was set 150 feet back, and now it's a lot closer to the road. Um, and it's also on a prominent high spot on the lot, if I, if I interpret this correctly. Is there any reason this could not be moved further back? And then my other question would be, what is the elevation from grade level to the peak of your ridge roof on the house? Do you know what that is by any chance? So on your first question to the location of the house, I believe the house would, could and would be set further back, and I believe that would work. Yeah, and we uh, addressed that on our application, 150 to 200 feet from the street. And then regarding your second question, um, as to the height of the structure from we're using a number I feel it's closer to 34 feet in height in, in that height but it would be under 35 uh, at this point we're early on in our preliminaries but it would be approximately 34 under 35 feet in height any other questions Mr. Burdett um Looking at um, a septic field layout from 1982, is the intention to lay the septic field out towards the front, uh, from the front of the house to the road? Is that still your intent? The septic system had already been determined, I believe. Uh, before we were brought on, it had been perked, and that's where it had been located when you all... So perked. so it's going to be in front of the house, between the house and the road, correct? Right. That's now, where it's um, has the house... I mean, in 82, when this was done, 
I'm assuming that the current house is much larger than what was done. So has that also been checked to see that? The, the original footprint, the original footprint that was approved by this by the commission was um, it was approximately the same size. I believe the box of the house was around 32 feet, and the 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 piece to the right of the house was approximately 18. Ours is 32 foot three, and it's 21 eight. We could modify uh, our existing structure to follow very close to that footprint as far as the frontage goes. To answer your question, if okay. that would help. Thank you. Uh, next question: the existing um, barn structure or farm buildings are they going to be maintained on the property, or will they be removed? Uh, are you going to just, is this going to be just a, a residential lot without any other use to it, so therefore? Uh, our intent is to use that as a garage and then a detached garage. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we're going to take care, we're going to maintain it. And we're going to use this as storage. But there's no, in, you're not going to be planting uh, any small lots or farm uh, you know what I don't, I don't know the size of this really but like a large garden area or put up a, a horse ring or anything like that back no. on the back of that property um, did you look at putting the house behind the other houses the your adjacent properties about back where those barns are because it would make a difference if the house was pushed positioned further tucked away put it that way just asking I, I would be happy to look at pushing the house further back. Sometimes in working with other um, historic groups, many cases they want us to re, um, respect the, built, mm -hmm. the BRL and mm -hmm. pull the structures more up toward the street to maintain that. In this case, <clears throat> I feel um, if, it, if you feel it would help the, um, the feel of the rest of the neighboring houses, I think we'd be happy to look at pushing the house further back on the street, further back on the lot. Um, one other question I have. Um, the roof structure for the house, is that just trusses, or is there living space up in the attic area? On the main body of the house, we were proposing uh, an attic built into the trusses, um, an, an attic loft space. It's approximately... It's less than one third of the floor area, and it would just, it would be like a granny room. And it was just built into the trusses. Uh, and the only way you would know that it was there was on the gable side, there would be uh, a window up above the stair. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? <clears throat> okay, thank you so much. Um, okay. Now, what we will do is we will uh, deliberate here. We'll give you uh, what we think about the, about the project. Uh, this is, a, a, I think, I am very proud of uh, the service we provide because um, we want to make sure that when it comes before us for a historic area work permit that we're able to approve it. So we will give you what we think. Now, that said, you're not required to do what we tell you to do but it's often a good idea to pay attention because it will come before us at some point for a historic area work permit. 
And with that, would anyone like to kick off the discussion of this project? Commissioner Pelletier, uh, excuse, uh, Galway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Commissioner Galway. Long day. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, I think the discussion about the location of the house on the site, you know, whether we push it back from the BRL or whatever, probably has to do, and certainly in my mind, as to the massing of the house. Um, personally, I'm not hung up on the square footage, and, and bear with me for a second. If this, if 90% of this home was underground, the massing would look appropriate, I believe, based on the surrounding neighborhoods. But we, we, we have a large house. Um, the front elevation I can live with. I think it's something that's appropriate. What I'm having a hard time understanding is when you see the side views and the rear views, this looks like a massive house. And as I drive around the county and we go into very, very uh, uh, high-end neighborhoods and you see these ginormous homes that are sitting, they, they look out of place. And my concern for you is that this home, when folks drive by, it'll look as though this house, because it's a large mass, uh, may be out of place. And, and that's what we're struggling with is how do you, you know, and I, and I really honestly, it's hard to tell looking at the elevations and, and not seeing the contours and not being able to see the home in its relationship to other surrounding homes. So it may, may actually look, in, look to, like it feels and belie belongs in place and it may look monstrous, you know, and I think so maybe there's an opportunity through a three-dimensional uh, sketch or something to sort of sh help us understand what this home looks like on the site with respect to the surrounding homes. That might help. That would be my main concern at, at this point. Thanks. Commissioner Doman. Um, yeah, this is a follow-up on. I did, <clears throat> I did drive by the property, <clears throat> and um, I actually drove in and parked in the parking lot where the church is, and there's a significant change in elevation. The parking lot is lower than the road, and the road is lower than your property. And from where I was in the parking lot, I don't think I could see the house. I mean, I, I'm, it's hard to judge because you, we're looking at 35-foot house to the to the peak. But if you're if you're if you were putting the house on the ridge, I think it would be visible. But if you move it back because of the way the property kind of rises up and falls back again, I uh, driving by, I just um, the house almost ends up being invisible. From, from the road, from, from my perspective, when I drove by and when I looked at the lay of the property and I walked around a little bit, didn't go beyond the gate, but I did walk up and take a look at everything. And I thought it's, um, I think the, the position would be fine if you, if you could move it back. So that's my comment. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Redu. Yes, um, but the I was ambivalent about the position. So I think in a historic district, I mean, I hear what you said that sometimes people in historic districts feel like they would prefer to have these, um, let's say, empty lots filled kind of along the same lines of other buildings in the area. Um, and But for that, you would need like a much smaller house. That would really be a little, I mean, would be more like the buildings in the area. So the only way I could see this larger house is 
as far back as possible. So you can read almost like a, a lot that is not constructed from the back, from the road and seeing the house just at the back. Uh, also, I, we're early on in our preliminaries. And as I, I can go back into my building sections, I believe that I can reduce the pitch on the roofs and bring the roof down. Um, although in Montgomery County, as you all are aware, we're required to do uh, a few energy um, energy saving sectional details. That is the heels of the trusses uh, to get better insulation in the roof. But it's possible to reduce that roof. And I think that would go a long way into reducing. It would bring down the height and it would bring down maybe some of your objections of the house appearing um, larger than the surrounding houses. So we can do a second look at that. This is Rebecca Ballow for the record. Um, a request from the staff as well because we've had other infill houses in other districts, Capitol View Park as an example, where um, you know the commission's guidance was in that case to put the house on a diet to make it smaller. You know, it reiterated a lot of the you know similar comments and concerns from the staff that have also been expressed to this applicant over the course of many months. And in that case we saw, you know, if you think small tweaks will get it there, I would ask to be clear about that. But if you think this needs something more, which maybe you know some members don't, and if some members do, I would ask for the staff so that we can be clear in how to direct this applicant so we also um, don't end up taking perhaps a lot of their time and effort and funds, but be really clear if you would like to see a, a bigger change. And if not, fine. But if you do, please, um, that, would help, that would help us as well. Thank you. Commissioner Pelletier. Thank you. Um, I, looking at this, I think we're talking about the, another example that we looked at where the lots were much closer together. And um, I think in this case, because it has a more country feel to it, also in, in this case, I, I think when I, when I saw the front elevation of the house, I thought eh, the details kind of, you know, because I drove around out there as well. And I, I thought the, the details of the front elevation are compatible, I think, with the, with the district. And from the, from the right elevation, it is a huge house, but from the right elevation, you have broken down the mass somewhat on the extension. And I think that, that will help. And, and a lot of the back will, will not be visible from the street, like that extension of the, the master suite and stuff on the second floor and in the great room on the bottom. So I, I think I could support this if it was pushed far back on the lot. I, I think that's a, a winning strategy. And I also think bringing down the roof um, would definitely help lose a few feet. So. Um, that's the way I feel about it. Thank you. Commissioner Burdett. Um, yes. Um, so you're in a historic district with a housing stock 
historic housing stock that has a general appearance. They were all built around, you know, in the same time. They were all, you know, houses of the of the era and built in a way that you can see the detailing running through them. Now we've all been out in the ag reserve and you can drive around and you can spot the infill houses, especially the McMansions. No matter how well they're detailed, you can spot them because the quality of the details is, the, the massing of the house is usually larger, much larger, and no amount of detailing hides that fact. We have recently been talking about a house out in Clarksburg that was a master plan and had to be essentially rebuilt by the developer to maintain it. And it was a very small farmhouse, two-story farmhouse, very old. And when we started working with them, you had this tiny little house and this massive addition off the back. And we worked a great deal, many, many, many times with them to scale it down. Now, what the, and this was a developer doing this, but the developer had what they needed to have in the house. You know, they needed to have the great room. They needed to have the big kitchen. They needed the appropriate number of bedrooms and the master bath and all of this and that. Well, they got it in the house and the house was, in a, was not a big box. And you could see the form of the original historic house was still there. You could still see the scale of the original house while the things that went on behind it were scaled appropriately as well to meet the requirements of what an addition to that historic house would have looked like back in the day and to what is needed today by the current, by, you know, modern owners. And if you look at, it's really obvious up in New England, but if you look at houses, older houses that had additions as families, you know, grew or, or really it was, maiden aunts and parents moved in with the families and they had to you know, keep adding on. The additions were additive to the main block of the house. You didn't just have these monster big boxes of houses. You had a structure and then the next structure and then the next structure and then the next structure. And in New England, they would do that until they actually connected to the barn <laughs> in, in the winter. And I think that's the problem with this house is is it is it reads large. So I think yes, pulling the roof down would help, pushing it away from the road would help. But you might want to actually look at the boxiness of the house, um, because and and see if there's you can take another uh, uh, attempt at breaking down the massing while still retaining those spaces inside that you want to have. This will be the largest house in Boyd's, the largest by a lot. You know, you're, you're looking at a house that's gonna be twice as large as the historic properties. That's a lot in a his, you know, that's, that's a lot you're asking for what is a fairly pristine historic district. I mean, we have in Chevy Chase, a lot of really big houses. They started out big to start with and they've gotten bigger. But that's a neighborhood that's seen a lot of change over the decades. Boyd's, one of its qualities 
that makes it special and makes it so desirable is it is so pristine in the housing stock it has, in the, in the way they relate to each other, that it is a, a wonderful place to live and feel like you're part of the community and, and it's more quiet than other parts of the Ag Reserve. It doesn't look like Clarksburg. Put it to you that way. It doesn't, you know, you go across to, you know, up mm -hmm. the road to, to, you know, up to the main Clarksburg area. Yeah, the, this does not look like that. Boyd's does not look like that. And that's why it's such a special place. And I would encourage you to do everything you can with the house you want to include in this community to be very mindful of that, of, of you joining this community, your house being part of this community, and, and it needs to blend in. And, and I think you need to work on it a, a little bit longer and break down that massing, pull that roof down, and also the materials you choose and the detailing you do on the exterior really have to have that quality that the older houses have. It can't be out of the box stock trim. You need to, to think carefully about how that trim is scaled and sized. Um, and the staff can obviously probably have already talked to you about that, but it's, it's a significant issue. It all comes together because when the time, when everything's said and done, you just want your house to be there. You don't want anybody driving past going, oh, there's a McMansion or there's an infill. You just want them to say, oh, that's a nice one too, just like the others. So that's, you know, you move into a neighborhood, you become part of the community, and you just want to be part of the community. You don't want to be, you know, the nail that sticks up in, out of the, you know, is that a Japanese phrase, I think? <laughs> Anyhow. You got me there. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my opinion. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you at another preliminary. Anyone else? Okay. I think, I think unless I've missed something, I think there's, Several things here that, that um, I think are relatively consistent uh, across the board. I think everybody feels that if you can move the house back further on the lot, that would be, that would be a, a, a big advantage. If you could reduce the, the height of the house, that would be helpful. Uh, and any way to reduce the massing of the house, I think would be helpful as well. Um, I, Personally, I understand what the what the issues are. I think it's it's very commendable that you're um, looking to uh, have multiple uh, uh, generations in the house, and I think obviously you need to have space for that. So I, I get it, but if uh, if it, any way it could be reduced, uh, I think everybody would be happy with that. Um, I think you're on the right track. Um, personally, I think the design, the basic design, uh, looks very much similar to other infill houses. I think it's, uh, I think that's commendable. I think you're on the right track um, and I look forward to seeing uh, this house in the future. So thank you so much for coming before us. And all of the comments that we've made uh, will be available to you um, with, the, with the staff. It's, it'll all, you'll have everything that we've said tonight. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Next item on our agenda are our uh, minutes from January 24th. I unfortunately was ill and was not able to be here, so I did not look at the minutes since I did not know what was there. But if, yeah. do we have minutes available? We do, Chair Sutton. We okay. have the minutes from January 24th. Okay, available. has anyone had a chance to read the minutes? And if so, uh, do I have a motion? No. 
I have a, I have a comment. <laughs> a comment? <laughs> yeah, um, I did, re actually, I, I'm situation that you, I didn't read them until this evening. When I didn't know they were out there, but I, I um, have some comments that are pertain to our um, subcommittee meeting, and I, I guess I will voice my opinion when we vote on them. Then I'm a little. I, I'm. Um, well, well, first, first of all, um, gosh, how do we do this? <laughs> Would you like to make a motion that we approve the minutes and you have uh, uh, amendments that you would like to make to the amendments? And if so, what are they? Um, actually, I think, I think they accurately cover our meeting. Okay. I just um, don't think we should put... Um, trade names in there. We reference Trex and we reference Timberline as examples. And I think we should just not mention specific products in the minutes. I think uh, the point has been made that, that we want a certain design of the wood uh, and let it go with that without bringing in products. Okay. That's my only comment. Okay. Um, is there a second to that, to that motion? I'll second the motion. This okay. is Commissioner Rado. Okay. All in favor of approving the minutes with the amendment made by Commissioner Doman signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Abstain. Uh, this is Chair Sutton. I will abstain since I was not at the meeting and cannot give an appropriate uh, view of it. Okay. This is Rebecca Ballow. I'm going to note for the record that, as Commissioner Doman said, this is an accurate capturing of your proceedings in the committee meeting. So for the benefit of the committee and your work product, we intend to keep these notes as, as an accurate representation of your discussion, understanding that for what gets put on the web will strike this. Now, you didn't provide any updated language that you would like to see instead. So we will just strike it altogether unless there is another suggestion for an amendment. Um, no, I'm, I was caught off guard. I didn't see the minutes until preliminary when we got here. But basically, I just, just want to eliminate the treks and timberline references as, as examples. That would be my only comment. Then may I ask, how do you want to see an accurate representation of your procedures for the public? Do you have an alternate word that you would like to use to substitute for Trex or TimberTech? Otherwise, we need to strike the sentence. Can we just say um, <clears throat> that it does not have visible um, end grain relief or problem with these things is that this, they have This a, is again up for the commissioners to decide what is then going to be an accurate representation of your discussion if you strike it. I have a question. And we're going to keep these notes separate anyways because you did talk about Trex and Timberline and we're not going to use those words in our white paper and we're not going to use product language. But my comment to you is that if you strike things from the record and you, it's not just, it's not so easy as like just striking I, the word. 
thing I'm, unless you tell um, me what you want to put yeah, back before, in its place. Be, before you, if I would like to, to uh, ask something. Now, I, I was not at the meeting, so I'm a little bit hesitant to say anything, but I believe it's appropriate if those two things were discussed in the meeting, those two companies were discussed in the meeting, that they should be reflected in the minutes. Um, but as, as uh, Ms. Ballow said, it would not be um, in the things that go out to the public other than in the meeting. Okay. Well, I have a question. <laughs> well, I, okay. I have a question for Commissioner Dolman. Why, why, why do you feel we should take them out? I just don't think we should reference products. Well, I think it. But we did. If, if I'm, yeah, again, I'm kind of in an awkward space because I wasn't there. But personally, I think it's appropriate to approve the minutes because that is the language that was in the meeting from what it sounds like, but maybe not in anything that goes beyond that. So the to resolve the issue, then I, re I will retract my okay. <laughs> I okay. retract my motion okay. to, no, to well, strike let's, that. Let's, let's start over again. All we need to do, <laughs> you can say, I do not wish to have this amendment. I, I'm not the lawyer here, so I would say you, you would like to retract your um, motion. Okay. I will, I will retract my... And we, whoever did the motion second, to amend the minutes. The second, I will accept the retraction. Okay, everybody in favor of retracting that, say aye. 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 Now, would you like to issue? Have another. Can I abstain? Of course, you can abstain. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, do I have another motion? This is Commissioner Burdett. I make a motion that we approve the meeting minutes of. Oops, hold on. What? Oh, I'm um, January 24th. January 24th, 2024. Um, period. Period. Okay. Is there a second? This is Commissioner Pelletier. I'll second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. Yeah, I abstain. Okay. So we have, and I abstain as well since I was not present. So. Six in favor, this is crazy. Six in favor, nobody opposed to abstain, right? Is that so confusing that you don't know whether you're coming or going? I got it. Okay, thank you. I got it. Uh, next item on our agenda. Can, can I just make a comment? Yes. Yeah, um, but since, since several people were not at that meeting, um, I'm not sure how how this approval like really is meant to be. You you can just for the rec. I mean, no, I, I appreciate it. Um, you you can vote to approve the meeting minutes even if you if you weren't there at the subcommittee meeting. Um, it's it's really your choice. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, next item, commission items. Are there any commission items? And I understand that there are staff items, correct? There are. There are just a few, Chair Sutton. Um, as, I said out, as I said during the work session, the PHP 
committee of the county council has reviewed um, the Tacoma Park minor master plan amendment and the associated um, historic site designations that the HPC and the planning board recommended and they had no comments and they unanimously voted to um, send the designations back to the full council. Um, we have two new historic markers that hopefully are going to go in the ground this month. If I say that, it'll jinx it, but hopefully very <laughs> soon. One at the Forest Glen Metro and one at uh, the Wheaton Veterans Park. Um, two African-American historic markers as we get closer to the, the date and the ribbon cuttings. I'll let everybody know. Um, this past weekend, there was a really wonderful event at the Flower Theater where the neon signs were reinstalled and relit, um, which was great. We got some great video of it. We're going to put out a new YouTube video for people to share and to see it. Um, I recently applied for a grant with MHT for funding for staff and commissioner training. This summer is the National Alliance for Preservation Commission's biannual conference. I think it's in Florida this year. I think it's in Miami. And if we're awarded the grant, then we can send at least one commissioner probably fully to the conference or we might be able to split it between two people if two people want to go and, and maybe cover some of it for yourselves but I should know by the end of the month if we've received the grant from the state and then I can forward the information from the conference. NAPC is a wonderful really wonderful conference it's the only one dedicated just to historic preservation commissions from around the whole country and it's it's really a good time. It's in July or August I think. So I'll forward all that information. Um, and then also we are in the middle of Black History Month. And the commission, particularly through our parks department, has a lot of really wonderful events at Oakley Cabin and the Josiah Henson Museum and um, up at Woodlawn, um, the Underground Railroad Trail, just so, so many things. So if you're looking for any events for yourself or people who are in town for Black History Month, please check out our parks calendar. There's a lot of great stuff. And that's it. Thank you. I have a you, question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when the uh, Nepal group was in last week, or week, week two weeks ago, whatever, um, you were working with them on a grant um, for their roof repair. Is there any update or any status on that? I do know that they intend to apply. So the first step is to get them into the heritage area. Right now, they are just adjacent to it. So um, Montgomery Heritage has sponsored a boundary amendment that is with the state. So right now, we are hoping all signs are positive that we get them in the heritage area. Then they are eligible for more of these grants and that they'll apply in the next grant round for the roof. Yeah. With that, our meeting is adjourned. Thank you. <laughs>